This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I have best-selling author Romy Newtstad on light. Hey, Romy, how are you? I'm so good, Michael. I'm thrilled to be with you. Great to be with you. Congratulations on your new book. You can have it all, just not at the same damn time. I love that title because I, I first saw that before I even read the book. I'm like, oh, this one's going to be good because it, it speaks to what I talk to people about all the time that are stressed and burned out is they're trying to do everything within the same time frame. It's like, it just naturally doesn't work. So what prompted you to write the book? So I, and I'm so thrilled that I took the time to actually write this book uh, because it's so necessary. Michael, I got to tell you, I just got done with an eight city book tour and every place I've gone, the folks that I'm meeting have said, oh, you wrote this book for me. But I also wrote it for me, Michael, because I was like so many folks out there, uh, no matter what your profession, how many kids you have or whether or not you have kids, uh, if you're a woman or a man, we're trying to do everything. We're trying to be everything to everybody. We're trying to look perfect while we're doing it. And it's leaving us stressed and exhausted and feeling inadequate. And we're not even present in our lives. And that's what had happened to me. Uh, seven years ago, I had a fast-growing business, fast-growing kids, a marriage that deserved nurturing. I needed nurturing as a human, uh, an aging mom who needed more and more attention and a host of other extracurricular activities. And... Michael, I was drowning. I was basically having a breakdown. And I had to take myself out of my day-to-day -day life for a couple days and get quiet and figure out how I was going to recalibrate my life. And it's all of the tools that I assembled and created and the things that I've learned and mindset shifts that I've adopted since then that have allowed me to truly live the life I really want and to recognize that it is possible to have it all, all the things we each uniquely want as long as we stop trying to do it all. And I had to write this book to get that message out to everyone. If I didn't, I would have felt negligent keeping it to myself. What's crucial is you actually caught yourself and recognized that you were going down a path that wasn't going to be sustainable or fulfilling to you and not allow you to accomplish all the things that you want to do in life, you know, family and business and uh, nurturing yourself. Uh, that's, I, I see that too often with entrepreneurs, you know, the ones that are just starting out to the seven, eight, nine figure club that, they're just doing all of these great things, but they're not taking care of themselves. And I, I will talk with them. I see you're planning on going out with a bank pretty soon, right? And they look at me and say, it's like, when's the last time you did something for you? Not for your audience, not for your clients, not for your family, but for, just for you. 
and they look at me and they have a difficult time answering that question. Like, okay, that should be a red flag for you. So you need to do what Romy did and, and take some time and go, okay, we're going to recalibrate some things because you're not where you want to be. And it happens, I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, it kind of happens innocently because you're not really thinking about it and you're just going and business is great and you think your relationship with the family is good and life's going on, but you, you thankfully you sense something was off. So uh, I'm guessing that was, you know, one of the big, big factors in, in prompting you yourself to be able to, to do what you needed to do. Well, Michael, I, I really think that most of us recognize when we're not living authentic lives, when we're stressed and, and not totally present and things are getting out of control and we're not taking care of our bodies and our mind. But, but I really think most people don't know how to change it. They don't know how to stop the madness. And, and, what I love is that, okay, I, I did take the time to figure out this roadmap for myself, and now I've, I'm giving it to anyone else who wants to tap into it. You know, for me, seven years ago, I, I had seemingly created this life that from the outside, everyone would think, well, I had it all but it wasn't the all that I truly wanted because I didn't have the balance, the health, the presence. I, I, I wasn't able to be patient with my kids and my husband. I was bitchy as hell. I, I wasn't who I really wanted to be. And thankfully I knew enough to say at 42 years old, all right, I have got to change something because this life is going to speed by. And like you said, I can't keep going the way I am. And it was those two days of quiet and introspection where I, I really started to develop the, the tools that I have in the book were the greatest gift I could have given myself. And we don't give ourselves that gift, even if it's an afternoon, for God's sake, of quiet introspection. So for these two days, did you leave your home and go someplace else or were you able to convince your family, I, I need a couple of days, just leave me be and, and proceed? I'm just curious on, on what those two days look like because I think it's, it, it's impactful and I think a lot of people need to you know, design a day or two at minimum. Uh, especially with the people that I talk with, they might, they might need a month, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, I say that tongue in cheek, but some of them, I think they need a month, but for other people, you know, maybe not as much, but you know, what was that like where, you know, without spoiling, if you have a secret oasis, we, you know, we don't want to stalk you there or anything <laughs> like that, but you know, what, you know, what, what, how, what were those two days like? Did, were you able to stay home or did you go to a non-disclosed location? To, well, to I yeah, I actually talk about the exact location in in the book, and it's a fun story. But I I went to a hotel for a couple of days. I left San Diego, where I live, and I had said to John, my husband, "Honey, I got to run away from home for a couple of days." And he had seen what was going on. Michael, he had tried to help, but I wasn't ready to make any changes until I really hit this breakdown point. 
So I took myself to a hotel. Now, I'm not at all intimating that everyone needs to go to a hotel. But for God's sake, give yourself the permission to kick everybody out of your house for an afternoon or a day or lock the bathroom door. I mean, carve out that time wherever you need to so you have that quiet. So in the hotel, I was armed with a journal and some books and a laptop and I started searching and reading and thinking and writing and just being quiet. And that was where I stumbled upon this one word idea. Now, back then, this whole concept of the one word wasn't this, you know, big thing that's on washer bracelets now and and segments on the Today Show. It was really new. But I love this idea of being able to pick what's what's almost a mantra an intention for your life for the year or months ahead and and that really started me thinking and and at that time it may you know it might not be a surprise to you to hear the word that i picked was balance because i felt so desperately out of balance um and then i kept reading and searching and thinking and writing and and this is where the magic started to happen Um, It dawned on me that even though I was 42, not once, not ever in my entire life, had I ever stopped to think about what my priorities were in life. And in fact, all of those years, I had been confusing priorities and goals. You know, I'm I'm a goal setter. My mom laughs that I came out of the womb setting goals. I mean, that's what I do. And I had all along thought that our goals are our priorities. But in fact, they're very different. Um, Our priorities are the things that are so important to us right now in our lives, present tense, that not serving them is non-negotiable. And for all the overachievers out there who are listening, uh, guess what? We can only have two or three priorities in our lives at any one time. Because I don't know about you, but I've never found the superhero costume. And then our goals are something very different. That's something in the future that we is important enough to us to want to devote the time, effort, and energy to realize it. Okay, now here's what's super important, Michael. When our goals don't serve our priorities, that's when we feel stressed, scattered, unfulfilled, not living our truth. And it's all the things that we are putting on our calendars and our plates and our to-do lists that aren't serving our, our goals and priorities Well, that's what's making us exhausted and unfulfilled and keeping us from living the lives we truly want. And so once I did that, bam, I had a roadmap of where to spend my time and where not to. And that's what started this evolution. That's great stuff. And when I see people and I work with people that are burned out, usually it's I'm working in a burnout recovery kind of situation with them, but that's a common issue is you know, their goals and their priorities are not in alignment. They're, they lack boundaries in their life and it throws them completely out of balance. And uh, another 
you know, person that's in the, the burnout space, you know, one of the things that she does, she should talk about this in one of her recent podcasts was she, you know, how we journal and we write down things that we want to do and things that we like and whatnot. She actually has people that are really burned out, write out things that they don't like things that bother them. And at first you're thinking, wait a minute, why would you do that? But the reason for it is to help you start establishing some boundaries around things that you don't want to do. And you, you did that exercise during your two days, uh, even though you may not have done it, but you, you, by saying these are the things that I'm saying yes to, by default, you know what you're going to say no to now. And that's a big, big difference in being able to really get that roadmap that you worked on, on how you want to prioritize your life. And I love the, the fact that you said there's two or three things in life. I see people with to-do lists and, you know, and, you know I, I giggled when you know, the comment that your mom made about, uh, you know, coming out, it's like, okay, here's the to-do list. These are the first things I'm going to do. And, you know, the first two or three months uh, of, of my life kind of thing. And it, I know a lot of people, like you and I'm, I'm guilty as well to have all of those to-do lists but I, having just one or two things to do during the day and also these are the priorities in my life at this particular moment in time because where I'm at now and what my priorities are now are different than they were two years ago or three years ago it's a it's a constant review and I think that people need to look at uh, what I like to refer to is at least a, a monthly check-in or a quarterly check-in going, okay, what's going on in life right now? Do I need to adjust? And if you do it early enough, then it prevents the need for you to take two days and go somewhere, but that doesn't preclude you from actually taking a couple days as an exercise of, of self-care and, and, and self-love to, all right, let's, let's revisit where things are what, and, and make you know, any adjustments that you need to make. Absolutely. And in, and in fact, one of the things I talk about in the book is the need for all of us to build in small pockets of quiet throughout the day so we can actually hear what, what I like to call our heart voice is telling us about, you know, that's when we're able to recognize, oh, we're getting out of balance. And, and constantly, as you said, revisiting what your priorities and goals are and, and measuring what you're doing against them. I do want to mention something you said about this um, uh, podcaster that you're talking about, I, I, I really want to make sure everyone understands that identifying your priorities and goals, really taking the time to give yourself that gift is, is huge, but it's only part of it. Just because you've recognized, okay, this is where I want to spend my time, it doesn't mean that just magically, organically, you're going to know where not to spend your time and how to eliminate the things that are on your to-do list or on your plate, which is why I had to develop practices that I religiously do to identify and what I like to call relentlessly edit my life. Identifying where all my time is going and teaching people how to categorize that time, how to know well, what are the things that I'm supposed to delegate and delete. And to whom am I supposed to delegate them if that's the case? You know, what makes sense based on what my time is worth for me to outsource certain things? How to let go of being a control freak, which is one of the reasons why many of us 
keep doing a whole bunch of stuff we shouldn't be doing. Um, and how to say no in an authentic, unapologetic way. I mean, these are all the things that I had to figure out and that I love teaching other people to do. I am a reformed people pleaser. And, mm -hmm, um, Harriet Breaker wrote that book many, many years ago, Disease to Please. And yeah, I went through that exercise a little over a year ago, actually about, yeah, about maybe 15 months ago. So read the book, did the exercises and boy, it was awareness. And, you know, your book, you know, brought a lot of awareness as well in letting go and delegating. And, you know, my own story of personal burnout and loss uh, it was a situation where one of the things that I was really horrible at was delegation. And now I've, the pendulum swung the other way. It probably needs to adjust a little bit from what my assistant has told me a, a few times is, <laughs> um, is you can't delegate everything. You got to do something. And, and I get it. And, but before I would do things and I say, you know, I know there's other people who could do it, but they're busy. So I'm going to do it. And you just pile yourself on, you do everything. And now anything that lands on my desk or in my inbox, I look and I think, okay, who besides me can do this? Mm -hmm. And if I can come up with a name, they're going to get it, but I've added, of course, an additional ingredient to it. It's like, okay, how much have I actually allocated to that person? Because the burnout guy shouldn't burn out his team. That's not a good, good, it's not good PR. Because you know, it's, and that's, again, much like, you know, the exercise of daily check-ins and the, I love the quiet time uh, on the calendar. And that's important. And people sometimes will say, well, you know, I'm not, not going to do the quiet time today. You got to treat that like it's the most important meeting with your boss. And if you miss it, you're going to be in trouble. So don't shortchange yourself because otherwise you're not, you're not your full self. And believe me, that uh, impacts everything you do and the people you help. Absolutely. And, you know, look, I think a lot of folks don't delegate because they don't feel you know, let's set aside the, the control freak tendencies for a moment. Um, they don't feel that they have reached a certain level of success or income or title or people like them shouldn't be handing something off or hiring someone else to do something. And I wanted to create a calculation that could show myself and anybody mathematically that it makes sense, whether it's in your personal life or professional life, to delegate certain things to other people. This is not an emotional decision. It's black and white mathematical proof. And when people do this calculation and go through this exercise that I include in the book, they're just floored by some of the things that, that they're now taking off their plates because it's a no-brainer to do so. And voila. They have more time, effort, and energy for the things that they should be doing to serve their priorities and goals. Yeah, we are all perfectionists to a certain degree. And a, a good physician colleague of mine years ago, I was in a 
strategic planning section with government funding and healthcare and all the good stuff. And I'll, I'll spare everybody the three days of that meeting. But one of the key things that he said, I originally wish he would have said it day one instead of day three was it's good enough. Launch it. If we wait for it to be perfect, we're never going to launch the thing. It's easier to adjust when you're moving than if you're sitting you know, perfectly still and getting ready to launch something, you know, it's because otherwise you just get paralyzed and trying to make it perfect. And when you're spending so much time on that, you're not spending the time on things that you should be spending time on. And I, I see it time and time again with people, especially type A personalities, driven, successful individuals that have had amazing success you're a great example of that but you caught yourself on it because you're like okay this is not going to work long term because i'm not enjoying life like i should and because you alluded to it earlier you know people would view you as someone that was insanely successful on top of the world all the things that you've done in life so far and you realize, mm, no, not quite. We're we're there, but not where I want to be happy with it. Because you, and you, thankfully, have made those adjustments, and, and and thankfully wrote this book to get give people the roadmap on how to do it themselves. Because I see it all the time with people, uh, especially new entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, that they just uh, they try to do too much because uh, they're running this race and they they think this marathon is only a five k. It's like, no, it's a, it's a marathon. So It's a full marathon. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. And, and life, life is a marathon. And what I've found in all of the people that I've coached and even the folks that have already read my book and actually done the exercises, if we start living this way with intention and not being afraid to cut things out and to say no and let our focus be narrow to the things that we really want. It's amazing how much more productive we are in those parts of our lives. And it's, it's amazing how much more of service we can be to the people we were put here to serve. And that includes serving ourselves, which a lot of people forget, because if we're not taking care of us, everything else goes to pot. Yeah, my own personal story was uh, a poster child for that particular saga, and I made the adjustments, and, and now when I help people and serve people, they're getting a much better version of me than they ever would have before because I learned I have to take care of me first, and we've all heard it, put the oxygen mask first on the airplanes. Hopefully none of us ever see those things other than the demonstration, but at the end of the day, it's... It, when you are working in your sweet spot in the space that you are really good at, it's amazing the impact that it has on people and the products and services that we provide. And if you imagine if everybody could get to that state, it's, it's mind boggling, you know, the transformation we'd see in this world. Well, that, that is just such an important point. Yes. Do I want to affect the individual's to-do list and, and um, lifestyles? Absolutely. But think about it. If we each decide to live this way, 
and stop what I call shooting all over the place, doing all the things we think we should be doing because we're afraid of being judged by other people. Um, if we all start living this way and we teach this to the organizations we work in, volunteer in, we teach our children like I'm doing with my Nate and Bibi, my two kids, imagine the world we will live in. More people living fulfilled lives, being more productive and authentic and joyful and healthy. Amazing repercussions that would come from that. And then we would have a lot less comparison and competition, a lot more collaboration and championing one another. And that's the world that I want my kids to grow up in. That's the world I want my kids to grow up into because I am a firm believer that there is more than enough for everyone and everyone could have the wildest dreams of all the surplus riches, whatever they're looking for in life. Everybody could have all of it and it still wouldn't touch what's available out there. So it's encouraging and helping each other along the way. Uh, it is the path uh, that I think we all should be following, and it would definitely be a much better world than than what we're looking at today. So, Romy, I've enjoyed our conversation today, and congratulations about the book. Um, where can people find out more about you and this awesome work you're doing? Well, anyone can find me on social media, Instagram and Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever you do, at Romy Neustadt. Also, on my website, romineustat.com, I've got some really great resources there, and I'm building a community where we get to have authentic conversations and share best practices and be really honest about the work-life balance challenges we have. And I would love to talk to you there. Awesome. And I'll definitely have that information in the show notes. So, Romy. Again, thank you so much. Thank you for writing this book. It's going to impact a ton of people. So thank you for being on the show. Oh, it was a pleasure. And keep doing the great work you're doing. Thank you. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.